Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show with your host, Ira Royal, using financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. Join us every Thursday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Network. To be a guest or for more information, go to italkcredit.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show on the Cap Builder Network. This is your host, Ira Royal. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for dialing in, taking time out of your busy schedule to support this show and to hear the wonderful guests that's going to join us and just educate you and give you some tips on personal and business credit. Again, like we say, every show, the show is about you. It's about motivating inspiring, educating you to make very smart financial decisions, ones that can impact your life right now or actually impact your life in years to come. So we thank you. This is going to be a special show today. We have a lot of really good guests. But more importantly, um, it's Super Bowl time, and the Atlanta Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. So this show, the music that we'll be playing today, will be dedicated to the Atlanta Falcons. Rise up. So just a little bit about what we have going on today. We're going to start off with credit talk. We're going to talk a little bit about facts or fiction. We're going to have credit concepts come on. Again, they're on every week giving you information about personal credit restoration. We're going to have Mr. Chris Frederick. He's a commercial analyst. He's going to come and talk about small business credit support, small business credit startups, just all the information regarding what you need to do to um, – Make sure your business is, is ready to get a loan. And then we're going to have our guest interview today, Mr. Neil Chester. Um, he's from he's a VP at the Bank of Ozarks. So he's a lot of he's a lot of good information to share with us today. Um, I used to work with Mr. Neil in a, a few years ago, and he's just an incredible person and a wealth of knowledge, and um, just a really good person to listen to, and he can mentor you on just what to do to really set yourself up for success. So. That's going to be the show, then we're going to wrap it up with death to the score, and then that's it. So, again, just stay tuned. It's going to be a really good show, and after this break, we're going to come back, and we're going to start with Credit Talk. You're listening to I Talk Credit on the Cap Builder Radio. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't gave a bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. 
Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the iTalk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. So what we're going to do, we're going to get into a little segment we call Credit Talk. And what we're going to talk about today is having a conversation about finances before you enter into a long-term relationship. And we can be more specific. We can say marriage, right? So there are a couple of studies out. I've been reading up on them this week. And they have some really good statistics. So this study was from the National Foundation of Credit Counseling. They're saying 70% of adults have negative feelings about discussing money before entering a relationship or in a relationship. And then another 20% would say that the discussion about finances will lead to some type of negative altercation, a 5%. So what we're going to discuss very quickly right now is just the importance of having that conversation with your, whether it's a fiance, whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, that you know that relationship is getting serious, what should you do or how should you do it um, to really make sure that you're both on the same page? Now, my suggestion, and I've talked to a couple of bankers, financial advisors about this, is really to sit down with a non-biased party, whether it's a financial advisor or a counselor or somebody who can give you really good information on how to start the conversation. A lot of times we're walking into it and we're scared. Oh, man, I don't want her to know about my bankruptcy. Or I don't want her to know that I got $20,000 in credit card debt. He or she might not want me anymore. But I would say sit down with someone who has done it before. Sit down with someone where that's their specialty. They can navigate you through this, this discussion in a healthy fashion, right? So nobody's pointing fingers. There's no judgments happening. You're having a conversation, and you're trying to figure out where do we stand and where do we want to go. As we always talk about on the show, you have to have a plan of action. You have to have something that you're working towards. And I think it's very important to have that conversation up front, get everything out on the table. So, you know, you know your mate or your spouse's side of what they're bringing in their financial baggage. They know your financial baggage. And you make that decision if you really want to work together. Um, it needs to be a compromise. It needs to be no surprises that's popping up, right? Five years into the, the marriage or, or to the relationship, now you're figuring out that, oh, man, this person has you know, terrible financial habits or this person has a debt that can literally you know, exhaust all the funds in our relationship. Have those conversations up front. Do it with a non-biased party and really set yourselves up for success. So that's the, the segment today on Credit Talk. If you're married, long-term relationship, have that conversation. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Get a non-biased party and really have a plan of action. So when we come back from this short break, we're going to bring on Curry Concepts, Mr. Quincy and Jeff, and they're going to talk about what they're doing in the community. They're going to give us some insight into if you have issues with your credit score, how to raise that score, and what to do to stay proactive. So you're listening to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show. When we come back, we'll talk to Quincy and Jeff from Credit Concepts.
thugs, two for the show. A couple of years ago, on Headland and the low, what's the starter? Something good, where me and my broke the martyr through the hood, just trying to find that hookup. Now every day we looked up at the ceiling, watching ceiling fans go round, trying to catch that feeling off instrumental. Had my pencil and plus my paper, we caught the 86 lots on your head at 2 decade writing rhymes, trying to find our spot off in that light, light off in that spot. Knowing that we can rock, doing the hole in the wall club. This shit here must stop. Like freeze, we making the crowd move, but we not making no G's and that way no no. A one, two, dope, dope. Then the Cadillac, they call us. Went from Plagueis ball to ball. So putting the stop up on the map. It's like Little Rock to banging. That mother, mother, that's plaguing. They paying. We staying, laying vocals, locales. Then made it with them big boys up in this industry. Outcast, yeah, them they making big noise. Over a million sold to this day. Take it like the 96, gonna be that shit that out. Y'all Plagueis hit us and bite me. Around this, you, around this, around this, around this, around this, Welcome back to the show. This is Ira Royal. This is I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Network. So, um, Quincy and Jeff, they're definitely going to join in, but they're not here at this very moment. So we're going to bring on Mr. Chris Frederick. Again, he's a commercial analyst, and he has a wealth of knowledge and information about supporting small businesses in terms of business lines of credit or business trade lines, how to get them, where to start. So he's going to come on right now and um, just give us that information. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining the show. Right, what's going on, man? Nah, man, I can't complain, man. I'm uh, I'm blessed and I'm energized today. How about yourself? Absolutely. I was doing pretty good till you all rubbed it in. Your Falcons going to the Super Bowl. You know I'm a Panthers fan, but we we just going to keep the show going anyway, I guess, you know. <laughs> hey, man, I think we might take it this year. We, we might yeah, do I- it this year. We'll see. <laughs> I think so, too, man. You boys are looking good. I can't even... I can't hate on you guys today, but uh, today getting started, you know, with the business credit um, talk, I just want to kind of talk about some of the loan products, you know, banks can offer you, especially some of the ones that they offer for businesses that are just starting up. So, obviously, um, your your main one that a lot of people um, start off with is just simply a business credit card. Um, It's going to work. Um, identical to, like, your personal credit card. Obviously, it would be in the business name, and uh, the ideal is to use it for business purposes, obviously. Um, Credit cards can be just like personal. They can be a good thing um, or a bad thing. It's an excellent tool to use. It's a good way to uh, stabilize cash flow. Um, But if you're just going to – spend money that you don't have, just like a personal credit card, it can hurt the business as well. So so in a business, obviously, some you may use it to buy inventory knowing that um, once that inventory is sold, you'll be able to pay it off or you have a contract coming in, but you have to buy materials and supplies um, and immediately to uh, make that product. And once that product is sold, obviously, you can pay off your credit card. And a line of credit is going to work the same type of way. Um, most of the time, a line of credit is going to give you have more exposure with a line of credit than you would a business credit card. Um, so, you know, sometimes if, if you're over around fifty grand, usually you're going to see yourself in a business line of credit versus a business credit card, or, or you may have both depending on the type of business you have 
and how big it is and if the need is there, obviously. Um, so another thing, like we discussed last week, um, when you're just starting off with your businesses, a, a bank really likes another, like I said last week or a couple weeks ago, I think, um, you know, it just shows you keep that cash flow going if the wider business is just starting off and maybe not making much money um, in the start. Well, were you going to say something there, Ira? Yeah. So a lot of businesses or, or people, when they start their business, right, of course they don't have that business credit card. What is, what is your, What are your thoughts and what's your opinion on them using their personal funds to run the business? Like how long, what's the cutoff time? What's the plan of action to, hey, okay, at this point we need to stop using personal and go strictly to our business revenue or, or primary source of funds for the business? Gotcha, yeah, that, that, that's a good question. So it kind of really, so it kind of means, it kind of depends on how long you've been in business. Because when you, when you go get into larger business products, let's say a, a commercial mortgage, at a minimum, a bank is going to want to see three years of financials or three years of tax returns to show that that business is profitable. So um, just like it's good to have a part-time job so you have that business cash flow, we also going to look at your personal credit when you're getting that big car when you're starting off. So if you can't show if the business has not been, in, has not been formed um, and has like three years in business, then we're probably mm-hmm. going to look at your personal credit. That's why it's so important to make sure that you keep your personal credit and keep an eye on your credit score. You can use these great tips that I would give you every week because when you're just starting off with your business, they're looking at your personal credit, and a lot of those business products are driven from your personal credit score. So to answer your question, Ira, I would say you probably want to switch to business products for some personal credit card as soon as you can, I would say. Like when you're starting a business and you have it in the business name, you did the right documentation, you filed it with your county, I would go ahead and, and try to get a business credit card just for the simple um, reason that you can, it's easy for accounting. It's easier to itemize things that you use for that credit card for the business versus personal. Sometimes when you put it on our personal credit card, it gets kind of gray, like, you know, maybe I got gas, but maybe that wasn't necessarily a business expense. It's really easy when you're doing those tax at the end of the year. thing On that one business credit card, you can just look around and, you know, you know exactly when it's time to reconciliate. Okay, that makes sense. Quick question. So, you know, sometimes when people are trying to build personal credit, um, they'll get the advice to, hey, go get a secured credit card, right? And if it reports to the bureau, that's a really good product to help you build credit history. Is there anything like that on the business side? Like can you get a secured business credit card or a secured business line of credit that reports to the bureau to really help you until you're able to qualify? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, most banks will definitely provide a business credit card or either a secure business credit card or either a secure business line of credit. Um, that's usually one of the easiest products you can get. So, let's, for instance, maybe you have some cash, 10000 bucks, and you're like, can I get a $10,000 line of credit? Um, that's usually pretty easy to do. It's low risk for the bank. 
Uh, we know for certain that you have we have the liquidity if something goes wrong. Um, that's absolutely one that you can do, and it also helps build your credit um, with the bank as well. And, uh, and your business credit, because a lot of people don't realize that we check the, the credit scores on businesses as well, just like we do personal. Gotcha. So, Dun and Bradstreet, so in your experience, what's the major score, risk score that banks look at when they're looking in terms of business credit? We, we know DNB, Dun and Bradstreet, they have a risk score model, but is that the primary? Are there other bureaus that are starting to have better scoring um, models that banks are starting to look at other than just DNB? Um, I, I noticed that most banks do use DNB. Um, I have seen some banks where they've used Experian. Well, Experian actually does business and personal credit scores, so I, I have seen some use Experian, but most of the time it's DNB. Um, they've just been in business so long, banks are comfortable with them, and they're just credible. Um, so most of the time it is DNB. But to be honest with you, I mean, most, both of those vendors should have the same information for the most part. So uh, the most important piece is just making sure that you're making those monthly payments on time and you're paying as agreed to those terms. Gotcha. That makes sense. And you got so much wealth of knowledge. I have one more question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Alternative loan products. So, you know, there's a lot of information out here now saying, hey, you know, banks are not the only institutions that could give you loans. There are a lot of other nonprofits or organizations that say, hey, come to us. We will look at more than just your personal or your business credit score. We'll look at, you know, your business plans, your P&Ls. Um, we'll look at social media to see how you're marketing your business, your target audience, your business plan. You know, from your perspective, where should you start? Should you start at a traditional bank? Should you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to just work with an um, alternative lending provider until I can qualify on a bank level? Or are we coming down the road now where it really doesn't matter? You go to whoever you're comfortable with. What's your thoughts on that? I I tell my business owners to ask me advice on this. I tell them, especially when they're first starting out, to explore all avenues. I tell them, you know, I've, I've seen it both ways. I've seen somebody try to do an SBA loan, not get approved, but get approved at the bank. Go to a bank, not get approved, but get an SBA loan. Some banks actually have... Um, SBA products within the bank where they can get you approved. So I kind of tell them to explore all products, do your homework, and it also kind of depends where you're at. Um, a lot of times it's good to go to a community bank, a smaller bank versus a bigger bank just for the fact sometimes those guys really uh, put more weight on the story and the business itself, um, and especially if it's a smaller bank that you have um, – uh, history with, maybe you do your personal banking there, the bank manager knows you, and, and you know, that, that kind of helps too. Because because when when every bank does this loan, they do also take, um, there's a character piece to that. And they want to know that, hey, this guy's been banking with us for 10 years, he's never had insufficient funds, had never overdrawn his credit, his personal credit cards, have always been paid as agreed, that goes a long way. I mean, you know, it's no different than if a friend borrows money from you. You know, if they when they, they borrow uh-huh. 20, 30 bucks from you and they pay it back in a week, 
you know, you feel fine about letting them borrow money. You know, it's, it's the same reputation type thing. You know, somebody borrows 30 bucks, you don't say nothing else about it, and then you see them in the club popping bottles, you feel some type of way, you ain't going to let them borrow that money. It's, it's the same type of thing. Yeah, give my money back before you buy another drink right now. <laughs> exactly. That's right. exactly. You just touched on something very important, though, that I don't think a lot of people really understand, Chris. Um, the relationship mm-hmm. that you have with the bank means a lot in, in regards to when you go ask them for money, they're not just looking at what's in your account, right? They're looking at their total picture. I think a lot of people kind of take, don't take it for granted, but they kind of think, okay, if I have a couple of thousand dollars in my account on a monthly basis, then the bank should give me whatever, they, whatever I want because I'm a valued customer. And that's just not the – that's not true. That's not the scenario. Um, they look at the entire picture, how you pay your bills, what products that you have, how deep is the relationship. But in your opinion, why like why are they more um, upfront with exactly what they look at? Because we always hear that, right? They look at their total picture, but bankers sometimes they'll just leave it at that. We look at the total picture, but they won't really go into detail of what that means. Right. Way a quick if I could just list off a couple things and they saw the total picture. The main thing. Um we always want to know how we're going to get repaid. That's number one. Do we see a way we can get repaid? Is the maybe it's a uh, you it's a company that's been in business for a while and we see they've been profitable the last three years and so a couple we can get paid there. Maybe you're doing the you know, you're doing the business in the part time, your full time job, you have a good salary, we can get paid there. Um, we just want to see how we can get paid. That's number one. Number two, we want to know, does the purpose of you getting this loan make sense? Like, does it, is, does it, you know, does it pass the smell test, per se? So, you know, maybe, you know, if you have a, a, you're a mechanic and you're like, you know what, I want a loan to open my own shop. That makes complete sense. You got to get a shop. You got to have someone to store the cars. Like, it makes sense. It, it passes the smell test. Um, and we want to know what we're secured by. Sometimes, a lot of times, starting off is going to be insecure. A loan means you don't, you're not, you don't have collateral on the loan. Um, but maybe sometimes we can secure, like we said before, secure business credit card with cash. Um, if it's a real estate deal, we can secure it with the real estate. Um, that type of thing. So, how are we going to get repaid? Um, do we have collateral? Because that can also be our secondary source of repayment. Um, and what is the purpose of the loan? And another, is there any, if we don't have collateral, is there any other secondary source of repayment such as liquidity? Maybe you do have a large sum of liquidity in the bank, and we're like, okay, we know the business goes bad, we have this liquidity, and it can still keep the payments. But just having a couple, you know, $1,000 in the bank, it's more than that. That's good. That's not a bad thing. Again, knowing that you never overdrawn and you keep a good balance, it's not a bad thing. But like you said, there's always more to it. Yeah, great. Um, well, Chris, as always, thank you so much for joining the show and giving us information about you know what these entrepreneurs need to really understand before they go ask for a loan and what they need to look for when they have that type of loan product. You know, we touched on making sure your relationship is intact with the bank that you're going to ask for a loan, um, making sure that you're knowledgeable about those products, whether it's a line of credit or a trade line or a secure credit card. So I really appreciate that. 
Um, one thing that we always try to educate our entrepreneurs on is going with the plan. Don't just sit across the desk from somebody and have them tell you, you know, whether you can get along, whether you can't get along, um, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. In essence, go there prepared, right? Go there with your, right. you know, make sure you know who your target market is, make sure you know what type of loan will be best for your type of industry. If you don't invest in yourself in terms of education, in terms of preparation, why should a loan take a chance on you? And you said at the end of the day, the bank just wants their money, plain and simple. They're not trying to rip they you just, off. They just want the money back. Yep, exactly. I, I know I had a, someone email me a question of, you know, I guess from when I was on the show last time, just kind of kept saying the bank wants to make sure we're going to get repaid. So, you know, kind of like I'm looking at the worst-case scenario. And I, and I, I just had to explain to him that, the bank wants your business to succeed because if your bank succeeds, number one, you're paying interest on that loan, we're making money, and the bigger your business grows, the more you're going to need for the bank, which means more money for the bank. So what I mean by that, when your business grows, you're going to need deposits, you're going to need more loans, you're going to need more complex deposit products, which obviously the bank's going to charge a fee. So we want your business to grow. We want it to succeed. We just have to make sure that we look at worst-case scenario to make sure we have some way to mitigate it if for some reason it doesn't go as forecasted just because we don't want the bank to make money, like you said. We don't don't want to go in a situation where the bank's going down and then we can't help anyone else. We want to help everybody. So we got to make sure we really analyze and look at worst-case scenario and, and we measure risk and uh, just make sure we got the right probability of default um, when we analyze these loans. But the bank absolutely wants your business to succeed. That, that bank is your partner. If, um, the more your business grows, the first place you're going to have to do, not since I tend is go to the bank. Um, the success, the more successful you are with that business, you're going to need to go to the bank because, you know, you may get so big, you have so many clients that you need someone to handle those payments coming in. That's where the bank comes in. It helps you with that. You're going to need more loans. That's where the bank comes in. So the bank wants you guys to succeed. And, and, and even if you have private investors, they want you to succeed. They just got to measure that risk and make sure to mitigate those things. That's right. That's right. Chris, how can the listeners reach out to you if they have questions? Uh, you, you know, just email me, chriscreditsolutions at gmail.com. I'm always willing to answer questions. Some of them I answer on the air. So, absolutely, chriscreditsolutions.com. I mean, at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks again, Chris. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, again, you bring wealth of knowledge and information, and I appreciate it. So can't, I look forward to having you back on the show. I know you're going to be on on a consistent basis, and every time you come on, you, you definitely open my eyes and, and make me rethink certain things I thought I knew about in the past. So we appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man, and uh, good luck in that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to take it. We're going to take it. All right, well, we're going to go on another short break, and then when we get back, we're going to bring Mr. Neil Chester on. Um, again, he's a VP at the Bank of Ozarks, and he's just a – I mean, you'll hear from yourself. This is the real deal right here. So you're listening to I Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show, and we'll be back after this song by The Temptation.
Show the Cat Builder Network. So now we're going to get into our guest interview for today. We have Mr. Neil Chester, he's a VP uh, from the Bank of Ozarks. Mr. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ira, for having me, sir. I really, really enjoyed the uh, piece that Chris shared with you or with the listeners about the business piece. And this is a very, very exciting time for me. Uh, I know that you and I worked together in the past, and and trust me, it, it was a very, very um, great relationship that we developed. And I'm just happy that you decided to reach out to me and have me join this show. This is very exciting for me. You know, when I started this show, I put out a list of people. It was about ten people who I knew I definitely wanted to have on this show, and you were definitely on that list because when we work together, you're enthusiasm and your passion for going around educating people and just having a presence here in Atlanta. I've never I had never never seen anything like that before. Um you had so many connections and at the end of the day, you know, you would just make it happen. And it's rare to find that. And you know, I you've definitely planted a seed in me to want to go out and make better decisions and go out and, and really stay you know, one thing you always tell me, all right, stay focused, get focused, stay focused and you know, reach for your goals. And I've always said that to myself over and over and over, regardless of whether I was being successful or unsuccessful, our stay focused, stay focused. So I appreciate what you, the seeds that you planted in me and, you know, just everything that I've learned from you. So I, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ira. Well, well, you know, I just, I just wanted to kind of, you know, talk about a few things because I really and truly like the concept of 
what you're putting out there for your listeners, and then also having, of course, uh, Chris come on and talk about the uh, business aspect of um, making sure you maintain good credit and those things. But, you know, if, if we could, I would like to just share a few things around the personal side, okay, with with you today and your uh, listeners. So, so the thing that I – go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was saying wonderful. Okay. Okay. All right, so what I'm going to do is I, I just kind of want to take some of those things that I know that you and I talked about certain things in the past, and financial education is one of those things that is very, very passionate to me. You know, I've been in banking for over 20, 22 years, and I remember that those days when my grandmother would put me in the back seat and take me to the bank. And my my whole thing going of going to the bank was going to get that lollipop. You know, not really understanding the actual concept of what a bank actually was, okay? And the other piece that kind of came along later on was when my mom uh, signed me up for a summer program where you go out in the summers and you work in the schools in the summer times to create funds to buy school clothes. So that's when I came to the point of understanding the concept of money. Okay, money actually provides things for your family, for yourself. It also creates an avenue for you to open up a business one day, right? So what I want to kind of share is I know that you have, like, the concepts on credit, but I have a couple of concepts as well, okay? And you can, you know, ask me any questions as you as you, as you you wish. You know, this is your show, and I definitely want to uh, definitely hear some feedback from you. And one of the things that I want to share with the listeners is that, you know, if you are working and you're spending 40 hours a week on any any professional job, whether it's a service job, whether it's a desk job, whatever, what I want you to always think about is are you putting 10% away for yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. And what, that, what does that mean, okay? What that means are... If you're working on a job and you're putting 40 hours in and you get that paycheck, before you get that paycheck, you should always be investing in your 401K plan, okay? It's just like going to the grocery store without having a coupon. I mean, without having a coupon, if you have that coupon, that's free money, right? That's right. So what you want to do is you want to definitely take the opportunity to invest in your 401K plan because your company is going to give you money to do so, Okay. And then also the other thing is about, you know, of course, coming up with a a plan to actually save your money. Save your money, invest your money. But on another note, there's another thing out there which, you know, a family member shared this with me, which is why um, stepfather, uh, stepfather-in-law, I should say, shared this with me was life insurance. You know, a lot of times we go to work, we have a family, you know, we're happy to get married. I know you talked about this earlier in the segment about, you know, opening up the book for your spouse to see where you stand financially. I think that those are the good times to kind of sit down and talk about life insurance, okay? When we talk about life insurance, there's one thing that I want to throw out there to you is that we spend, just like car insurance, we spend our money every single month to to make sure that we're driving around the town legally, right? So right. why don't we do the same thing to protect our family and we're paying those premiums every single year. And when you look at that, 
insurance, uh, car insurance statement, you don't get any of that money back, correct? That's right. That money is you, you're pretty much getting by on a, on, on a hope and a prayer. You know, a good. I didn't I didn't have an accident this year. It's time for me to renew my insurance. Life insurance is there is an option out there for you that's called return of premium, and that that is what I want. Return of premium. There is a term life insurance that's called return of premium. Okay. So every time that you make your payment towards that life insurance policy, let's say it's 20 years. In 20 years, if you pay 20 bucks or 70 bucks or 50 bucks, in 20 years you get all of that, all of those funds back. Okay, which is a very, very valuable thing. It's, it's not. It's only the good thing about it is you're protecting your family, but also you're putting your money into something that you know that you're going to get back one day. Okay. And then the other piece, I know that credit is always a big piece that everybody loves to talk about credit. But here's what I would say about credit. Credit is always going to be a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing. But one thing I would like to just share with the listeners is that, you know what, at the end of the day, you shouldn't be buying shoes or clothes on credit. Okay, Now, if you're talking about a car or a home or something along those lines, that's that's where you want to utilize that credit because at that point you're actually accumulating assets, okay? Yes, clothes can be sold, but they depreciate, correct? So when you're that's talking right. about a car, yeah, a car does actually, um, you know, a car can depreciate, you know, depending on, you know, what, what status level you are. I'm, I'm trying to work my way up there to get a Bentley, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Me either, <laughs> man. Right, right. So I, I think that we're all aiming for a – a higher uh, a goal or a higher um, point or plateau that we want to get to, but in the meantime, we do need transportation and we do need shelter to live in. So the other piece that I always like to kind of share out there is that there's another stage where we're talking about the comforts of life. Those are my three. Those are my three C's. The comfort of life is saying, yes, I use my credit appropriately. I purchased a car. I purchased a home. I purchased things from my home. I opened up my own business. Now I have assets, okay? And you're kind of getting to that stage later on in life. It's never too early to start thinking about retirement today, okay? No matter what age you are, you need to start thinking about that today. That should never be one of those things, oh, you know what, I'm 45 or I'm 50, now is the time to start thinking about that. You should be thinking about that every day because, let's face it, uh, Mother Nature, she's your friend today, but, you know, of course, she's going to bring you something that may take you out. There may be you know, a sickness. There may be a health issue. There may be surgery that you may have to have. So with that being with that being said, you should always be putting something away for that rainy day. And the other thing that, that I want to share is that there's two types of what I call two types of money that you know, the listeners should be thinking about, and that's the that's day money. That's the money that you work when you work 24 hours or 40 hours on your job trying to make that income. And then there's also the night money while you're asleep. You should be having revenue being made while you're asleep. If you're not doing that, you probably need to get to that point where you're in that in that, in that place to be able to generate that wealth while you're asleep. Because at the end of the day, there's a new term that I want to put out there. They're freedom units, okay? They're freedom oh. units. So every single dollar that you make every single day, they're freedom units. They provide you that 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 uh, 
access or options to be able to go do the things that you want, to spend time with your family, one day retire and do the things that you really like, if you want to open up your own business, those freedom units are going to get you there, okay? And one of the other things that I like to share as well is that I just want people to get into the mindset of saying, hey, save your money, because if you don't save your money, if you save your money, one day your money will save you. Oh, wow. If Man, I'm going to your money. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say if you save your money, one day your money is going to save you. Okay? That's so awesome. I know I, co- so I cover a couple, couple, a lot of things there. You know, you, you know, Ari, you know me. I'm very passionate about this stuff. So if there's any mm-hmm. questions that you want to ask me, I am definitely excited about uh, answering those questions and definitely uh, giving your uh, viewers some more details about it if need be. I, I love it. So definitely, yeah, have some. Yeah. So everything that you're saying right now, let's. Let's be frank. It's not rocket science, right? It's not some new information that someone just came up with yesterday. It's stuff that you would think intrinsically you would already know. Why is it so difficult for us to align what we should be doing um, with our daily behaviors? And I'm not talking about anybody listening. I'm talking about for myself. I spend more sometimes than what comes in. I make poor financial decisions sometimes. And I definitely know better. Um, but right. one thing that I want to pass down to my children um, is, one, a good example, and, two, that awareness aspect of, hey, you need to understand the importance of a 401K or understand the importance of a life insurance policy. You need to be aware that credit is something that you really need to look after and make sure that you're mining it appropriately. Um, but, you know, at what point, I don't know at what point, but why is it so hard to, I guess, you can say practice what you preach or align your behaviors with what you know you should be doing. Here, here, here's what here's what I'll say around that around what you just said. Um, what I found in in my experience in going out and doing financial education is that what what happens when you when you go when you finish high school, you go to college, right? When you go to college, sure. you learn about history, you learn about writing, you learn about trig, you, you learn about all of these other subjects, but there is no core financial literacy course that you have to pass when you graduate from college. What they say is, hey, here's your degree, you did a great job, your family's taking pictures of you, you're celebrating, you're going out to hang out with your friends, but at the end of the day, the educational piece is just not there, okay? So when when you get out into the real world, it's trial and error, okay? You get a credit card, you're in college, you go out and spend, you, hey, I'm going to get some pizza, you know, I got $200 on this card, but they don't tell you what the repercussions are for you not paying that credit card. That educational piece is something that needs to be integrated into whether that's high, whether that's elementary school, whether that's middle school, high school, college. You should have a good foundation before you even graduate from college. And a lot of times, and I'll take myself, for example, I already, you said, hey, you know, I'm, I want to know this for myself, is that we, we take, the education is great, okay, you can make a lot of money, but when you make a lot of money, do you know what to do with it? Oh, and that's the, that, that is the piece, that is the missing piece 
to your your insta your I'll say the the college is going to teach you how to survive in a corporate environment or how mm-hmm. to work for someone else. But if you get that concept of saying, "Hey, I'm going to learn more about my personal finances, so therefore one day I can open up my own business and not have to depend on the corporate job to take care of me." But that's the missing piece. That's what I found is that if if you look around every every school that you matriculate to matriculate through, you don't see that core financial class that you have to take before you graduate. No, not at all. And that's not at all. And it's not even embedded in the curriculum. Right, right. And and the other the other thing is is that if we had something in place like that, it would be nice. But what we have to look what we have to look at is that yeah, you know, parents, parents. I mean, sometime that you know, I'll say my grandfather and grandmother. They if they didn't have it, they didn't buy it. We live in a society now where they say, well, I know I don't have the cash, but I can go out here and use my credit card to get what I need. When those may that may be the wrong concept to 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 utilize because you find yourself in more trouble. So it's all about managing the actual managing that credit card and and or or credit to be able to get the things that you need and not all the time the things that you want. Okay. That's, I mean, you summed it up right there. You know, our last show we talked about in regards to financial, making financial decisions, understanding the your, what you value compared to what you want. And a lot of time when you go for what you want, that's not necessarily what you value. And at the end of the day, it becomes transforms into I really didn't want this. I don't even know why I spent the money to get it anyway. Um, so, I mean, you hit the, the nail right on the head, and I, I wish that we had a platform or I wish that financial literacy was really embedded, I would say K through, definitely, you know, K through middle school and even high school because and I think it needs to be taught consistently and not only at a high level but in terms of what's money, where did it come from, you know, bartering systems, just really dig into the history of this thing called money and how we can use it um, and not let it use us. So Exactly. Yeah, very true. Exactly. Um, what else, man? You just gave so much knowledge there. I, I'm Well, well I'm I would just away. say this is that yeah, well, what I would just say Ira, for the for the um for the listeners that are out there, that's out there is that you know, Rome wasn't built in one day, right? Uh, so I would just say just take take that time now. If you love Starbucks, you know, try not to go to Starbucks maybe one day a week and save that save that four or five bucks. You know, you may miss it, but you may, you may miss that Starbucks, but if you just start small, okay, just, just getting yourself in a small habit of saying, you know, I'm not going to go and get that Starbucks today. Or, you know what, I think I'm just going to go home and maybe watch a movie instead of me going to the movie theater. Just those little steps can kind of help you get on that right track of building that that personal wealth. Because one day, one day you want to be able to say, hey, look, instead of me getting up every day doing what I have to do, I want to get up and do what I want to do. That's right. That's right. That's that's very true. You know, you touched on night money, and right. I really like that. You know, I read a book before, and they said the 
one of the main, not main, but one of a, a very important strategy to generational wealth, um, not riches, but something, a, a, a form of wealth that lasts for generations and you really leave a legacy behind, is making money while you're asleep, residual income. Um, that's something that you can use not only for things that you value or things that you want, but you're investing in assets that pay for those things. So what I mean by that is, if you're using your money that you get from your job to pay for, um, you know, a trip, you'll have some people that say, hey, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to invest in something that can give me some type of return, and then that money will pay for my trip. You see where I'm getting at? So it's a mindset change of investing in things that um, have some type of ROI, return on investment, and then using that as your source of revenue to purchase items that will not give you any type of return. Um, so it's not really coming out of your pocket. So I think that's very important and something that, you know, just as a community, we need to really reevaluate and, and look at how are we using our money and how can we change those behaviors and those habits, um, especially what are we teaching our kids to make smarter financial decisions. So I love that. I love that phrase, night money. I'm going I'm to use that. I'll quote you when you said it first, but I'm definitely going to use that. Okay, all right. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. You know what? And I will definitely I will definitely co sign and allow you to use it, sir. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Right. Man. Okay. So Neil, um, ooh, gave us a lot of information. I just took some notes. I wanna definitely some of these things share with my family and some of my close friends. Um how can people reach out to you? And I know you're with the Bank of Ozarks. How can people reach out to you if they just want to have a conversation or know what you're doing in the community, where to look for you? Um, well, what should they well, do? Yes, yeah, so I'll just say my email address is neil, that's N-E-I-L, dot Chester, 98, at gmail.com. They can definitely reach okay. out to me there. And that's, again, that's neil, N-E-I-L, dot Chester, 98, at gmail.com. Awesome. Great. Neil, I hope you will join the show again. I would love to have you back. Um, you didn't surprise me. You didn't shock me. I knew you would come on, and you just make it sound so simple. You make it sound so easy, and we both know it's not. But to have you, you know, kind of go through these things like life insurance, 401K, paying yourself, um, day money, night money, it, it just it makes you feel like I can do this. And I think that's one of the things where we defeat our own selves when it comes to finances because we position everything as I can't or this my mom and my dad didn't do it, so I don't have to do it. But you really empower me to say, hey, I need to rethink re- about some things, and I can do this. It's, it's not as hard as I might think. It's just going to take consistency. Um, it's going to take, you know, me open myself up to making mistakes and just keep trying and trying and trying to be better each day. I love what you said about, um, you know, start off small. We have this mentality of if I don't save hundreds of dollars every month, then I'm not doing anything. And what you just said is, you know, I'm stop going to Starbucks every day. What's that? Three, four dollars? Use that. Right. And that's we could do that. That's that's doable. That's realistic. Right. Right. Well, well, I, I really appreciate you inviting me on the show, and definitely, hey, I am here if you need me to come and make a uh, appearance again. I, I love what you're doing, and just keep up the good work, man. And I'm very proud of you, sir. Thank you, Neil. That means a lot. And again, thank you for joining the show and giving us. Um, that wonderful information. We'll definitely have you back on. So I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you.
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and, um, man, we're going to do a, a small segment on Death to the Score, and then we're going to wrap it up tonight. So you're listening to I Talk Credit and the Cat Builder Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Talk Credit on the Cat Builder Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. And, man, we just had a wonderful show today. You know, we had Mr. Chris Frederick come in and talk about some small business loan products, how to prepare yourself for lending opportunities, what to look for, how to be proactive. Um, then we talked with Mr. Neil Chester about, you know, really having a plan. We talked about day money, night money which is the money that you make at your job, and then night money, the money that you make while you sleep. We talked about paying yourself, life insurance. I don't know about you guys, but I feel full. You know, I'm really fortunate to have um, people around me that they don't judge you. They just want the best for you. And I would categorize both Chris and Mr. Chester as those type of people. And I hope you're getting something out of this. And, you know, what we're going to do, in future shows is we're actually going to open this up to have you call in and ask questions. Whatever you're going through, this is not a platform to judge or to condemn. It's so you can be educated, so you can get information, so we can learn from each other. I want to learn just as much as you as I hope that you're learning from us. Um, so what today we're going to move into our Death to the Credit Score segment. And I always want to start this off by saying Death to the Credit Score is not saying that we do not need credit scores. It's really about taking attention away from just those three numbers to behaviors, to a mentality, to saying, hey, I don't want three numbers to drive my life. I want to really focus on my day-to-day commitment to making sound financial decisions and to really evaluating what I'm doing and where I need to go. And not only just for me, but for my, you know, my kids, for um, people that are, are in my life that can learn from me. So that's what that's about. So what we're going to move to today is what I'm calling um, Are You Ready? So I took a class at Mercer University, and my personal finance instructor, he, he made a comment, and at the first he made the comment, it didn't sit too well with me. But what he said was everybody should not own a home, right? He said everybody shouldn't have the luxury of owning a home. And when he said that, I was like, what do you mean? That's the American dream. You know, that's why we go to college. That's why we get jobs. Because at the end of the day, we want to have that asset. We want to own a home. We want to have home ownership. 
Um, and so I took offense to it. And so I had a conversation with him afterwards. And, you know, the conversation that we had, he really broke it down to me. And he said, Ira, I'm not saying everybody should not. I'm saying that everybody is not ready to, that you should not jump into a, a, a obligation or an asset or a loan product such as a mortgage until you are ready for that, until you've taken some course, you know, you've evaluated your personal financial situation, you have a plan of action, um, that you really thought about it. And he gave me examples of people just jumping into these mortgages, having these no-doc loans, you know, mortgage bankers or, or mortgage lenders, you know, just entering people into these products and really setting them up for failure in the future. And so through that conversation, you know, it kind of changed my mind and my outlook on everything up you know, be patient. If you're not there yet, make sure you're setting yourself up so you can get there in the future. Um, do your research, anything from mortgages to insurance on mortgages to how, you know, what does it take to fix a, a oven or a, a, a AC unit. Do your research so when you step into that situation, you're well prepared, 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 I'm sorry, prepared. I feel like a lot of times we just want to jump into that situation because we want to keep up with the Joneses, right? We want to tell our friends, hey, I just bought this home, or look at what I did. But if you're not ready for that, you're going to end up really hurting yourself and your family in the long term. So be patient, take your time, do your research, and make sure you go into that situation and you're prepared and you're ready. That's what Death to the um, Score is all about. It's about not focusing on the output all the time, but focusing on the steps that will get you. Uh-oh. Again, we appreciate you joining the show on a weekly basis. And what we're going to do is we're going to close out the show today and we're going to play this song um, by Pastor Troy called Ready because the Atlanta Falcons are ready to take the Super Bowl. We're ready to bring it home. And so I want everybody to have a great week. And we'll see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. I Talk Credit, Cat Yoda Radio Show. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Ain't no more playing here, my I ain't no more playing here, my